1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think.
2: Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: Welcome to the story studio. Oh yeah, here we go. Check it out now.
0: Welcome to the Story Studio, a podcast for an independent publishing company that explores the world of self publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling. My name is Luke condor k and I'm joined by Mr. Daniel Wilcox. Say hello, Daniel. Hello, Daniel. And we've got, um, you'll have to hang on just because I've got like a pretty big introduction for you here. Um, so, we're going to be talking to someone who I've watched from afar uh, and I've just seen taking, like, he's taken giant step after giant step towards building like an incredibly amazing career in creative writing and that's in games, films and novel writing as well. He's the best-selling author of the epic fantasy series Falls of Redemption, the urban fantasy werewolf series Cursed Knight, the Tough Guy urban fantasy series Modern Necromancy and he's the co-author of the vampire post-apocalyptic series Reclaiming Honor that's um, he's co writes out of our previous guest Michael Underlay. He also writes video games such as Game of Thrones and Walking Dead and has sold and options uh, various screenplays and <laughs> He also co hosts (laughs) one of my favorite uh, writing podcasts, Creative Writing Career. You really need to check that out. And he's a really cool guy. So, welcome to the show, Mr. Justin Sloan. How's it going, Justin? Welcome, Justin.
2: Hello. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I'm glad you say that about the podcast. I hope people aren't mad at me. We've been kind of slacking lately as far as getting episodes out with the life changes. So.
0: Yeah. I think, I think once you get so many out, you're allowed a few. You're allowed like a, oh, yeah, just yeah. a couple of weeks here and there. Yeah, That makes sense. Once you have like yeah. 70 or so, then you're safe, right? Yeah. Plus, yeah. so I don't think people realize how much work it is to put out like a weekly podcast. It's it's killer. It's so killer. Yeah. 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 Especially Probably when you have like that. maybe 10 hours to write a week and then you have to take up a couple of those to do
2: podcasts. It's just, ugh, yeah,
0: it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what's everyone been working on? What have you been working on Justin?
2: then? Uh, yeah, working on <laughs> 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 <Big> <laughs> too many question. options. Yeah. Well, right now we're launching, so we just launched a fantasy book, uh, the one with, a new one with Anderle. So with Michael Anderle, we have the four books in the Reclaiming Honor series that are like Vampire post a Yeah. And now we have my first book in the Age of Magic series, which is part of his Criterion Gambit world still. And it's, these mag- it's basically fantasy. Uh, it's magic, paladins, thinking that magic is evil and have- declaring war on all magic users. And and then the the main paladin's sister starts using magic. So he's like, ah, crap. Yeah. He has to leave the paladins, and he's kind of hunted down and stuff like that. So, is, that with um, the,
0: is that in the... I can't remember the guy's name, so it's Skip, it's, I'm blanking, but the guys who do the Part-Time Writers Podcast. Is yeah, that, yeah.
2: Is so there, Chris, yeah, CM Raymond and Lee Barbant. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's the one. Yeah. yeah, so they did the first three, and they're about to release their fourth. And then pt hilton has one about to come out in the same world and then brandon Barr and some other people uh candy crumb um some awesome awesome authors are gonna be releasing in there so it's gonna be pretty cool and they're all connected it's like pt and mine he has some people that'll show up in mine and vice versa and then they're gonna join forces in like some book like book three or so so it's gonna be pretty cool i love stuff like that Yeah, yeah yeah i think it's really cool i've been talking about wanting to do that with him forever but we just couldn't figure out like a reason you know that had enough money behind it because we're both like yeah but that will take away from our other stuff but now it's like we know it's gonna do at least well enough so yeah (laughs) but then uh the big thing that i'm working on is i'm trying to do something similar where i am kind of more of the dungeon master if if you were (laughs) the show the the kevin
0: feige showrunner showrunner. yeah Yeah. so i have
2: a couple people that i'm working with who are doing most of the writing and i'm doing some of the writing yeah and uh Oh, and that's a lot of fun. That's a sci-fi space marine time travel I think series. I've seen some
0: of the covers for those, and I think they're pretty awesome. If they're the ones I think, Yeah, it looks really
2: cool. Uh, we're, we've gone through like five different versions of covers, of lots of different artists, because we keep getting one, and we're like, yeah, it's pretty cool. And then he does yeah. the second, and we're like, yeah, well not that cool because <laughs> you know you see it at first and you're just thinking it's awesome but like you have a little bit of time behind it or you start showing it to people or you start thinking about what's actually in the market and what's going to be up against or you just start realizing that it's a lot more cartoony than you originally thought
0: mm. uh, and what yeah. Well, i mean all the ones i've seen have been pretty spot on so i'm sure whatever you Thanks. end up with it, it'll look cool yeah and it might just be us being really picky of our own stuff
2: right you never yeah. you never know <laughs> yeah, but like some of them we're gonna just use for short stories, and like we're gonna do one free on Insta Freebie, and we're gonna do one on Amazon for 99 cents, and using those covers. So they're still nice covers that we paid like two hundred bucks for. But you paid, uh, paid two
0: hundred bucks for those covers each.
2: Yeah, uh, one hundred fifty plus fifty for the font. Yeah,
0: typography. Wow, so that's that's because me and Dan were saying those covers. Like all of your covers are great, to be honest. Um, mm. like Thanks. where where are you finding these artists?
2: Yeah, yeah, I know some people <laughs> who pay lots of money for cover artists. I. I just can't afford it. So mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> so I spend a lot more time than I, than some people would say I should, like going through DeviantArt and looking at different artists on there and contacting them and trying them out or uh, other places too, like 99 Designs. You know, you can go right on there and you can check out what they've done before and instead of doing a contest, just hire them directly through 99 Designs. Yeah. So it's like $330 yeah. in that case. Uh, well, but you already on- know what you're getting. So.
1: What's your um, success rate with deviant art? Because I know there's a lot of people. I mean, I've contacted quite a few people who yeah. have been. At, they they've got good stuff up, but then it's like last active on 2013. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for sure, it's like uh, you're gonna contact 20 people and get like two or three responses. So that's the downside. Like a lot of people I know are like, oh, I just found an artist I contacted him. I'm waiting anxiously, and I'm like, well, then you're an idiot. It's like applying for book club. <laughs> No, wow, I applied for BookBub. Good, good job. Do it once a week for two years and then tell me you applied for BookBub for two years. Yeah. Like, I don't care if you applied once. It's not going to happen probably. Same thing with DeviantArt. <laughs> your, your chances of getting responses are pretty low sometimes. But but I found that, you know, uh, half, it may, maybe more like half reply, but but then out of the half, like, they each want $1,500. And that's awesome and they're totally worth it. Mm. But it's like I just can't afford that. If I'm going to do six books in a series and launch them all at once, that means I need six times 1500 right now. Come on.
0: <laughs> so, and so like in the new you, series like, you don't know whether it's going to pay for it i mean i'm sure exactly. it would eventually. Yeah. But yeah well
2: that's the nice thing about writing with michael anderley is like we know those books are going to pay for themselves so you can right off the bat pay for an awesome artist because you're like well i could pay this artist 500 dollars to a thousand dollars whatever because i know i'm going to make that back in the first month easily uh and that's awesome and you know versus writing your own books and you just never know
0: that's tough <laughs> yeah yeah of course what
1: about you dan what have you been working on um, just cracking away on edits for They Remain. Um, coming up to the end of that now. So I'm, I'm getting there. It's starting to take shape. It's, I'm getting to the point later on in the book of the editing part where you're just like, I'm ready for it to be done.
2: Mm. But I'm
1: also enjoying the process as it is now. Um, but yeah, I think it's taking good shape. And I'm aiming to have that done by next week and hand it into your lap so we can hopefully just get that out in the next couple of weeks or so. Well, yeah, maybe yeah. a month. We'll see. How many How many words is that? If
2: you mind me asking. Uh,
1: this one's 75,000. At the minute. Okay. Um oh, I think yeah. it might stretch to about eighty, but we'll see. Nice.
2: That's mm. good. I like that. And then when you guys say like you're doing edits, so do you do a lot of rounds of revisions? I don't think we we, we try not to, but um
0: we sometimes do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah,
1: um... so we had one book which it was pretty much you wrote, I edited, you edited, I proofread and it was out. Mm. And then another one where we're kind of at the minute back and forth, back and forth. But I think should be in a good state but it'll be about draft five won't it
0: <laughs> yeah which we don't want to do because it takes too long I and mean, we would like to get to the point where we're kind of doing what, you, what streamlining you're doing. it yeah, yeah doing, doing sort of your thing just but um i don't know it seems too so hard maybe we just yeah not, maybe we're just being too critical i don't know I've no yeah, idea. yeah it's tough on both sides like it
2: yeah you could be too critical but it could also just be that it depends where you're on the writing right like yeah, uh, yeah. definitely my first book took me six years so mm. there's <laughs> it's different yeah. compared to now where i write one in a month and have all this different processes going in that make it work a little bit better. But even yeah. then, like I wouldn't mind going back and spending some time. Uh, like what I like to do, if I had like unlimited time and still people just kept sending me paychecks, what I would do <laughs> is, yeah. is probably, yeah. yeah. If I, there's, you know, just like, a, what do they call that? Like in uh name of the wind, they have a thing or it's also that website where people can give you money. Um, oh,
0: steam it. What are you talking about? Oh, not
2: that, but it, uh, oh, there's another one. Like where they're, your. I'm forgetting it anyway. I'll come back to it later. It'll just pop in my the head. Patreon. But... Patreon. Patreon. Yeah. yeah or if yeah. I'm there, my Patreon or vice versa, whatever it is, you yeah. know. <laughs> It'd be great if you could just like look back through your book, read through it, revise some sentences here and there. Like that's the process I like. And then you like realize, oh, some more emotion could have gone back three chapters ago. You go back, add in some emotional
0: scenes. Like that's <laughs> awesome. But uh, yeah, nowadays it doesn't work so well. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. No, no. I don't <laughs> know. Know. Um, so I guess I've been, I've been, I've actually signed off on a book today, which is always quite nice to to do um and uh, we got a dog which is just Ooh. taking out all of my writing time well not all of it but uh, <laughs> just because there's so much work there's so much work and i kind of feel like if someone asks me if they should get a dog as a writer I say get a cat because cats are so much easier <laughs> just do their own thing and you just, they need so, less attention too probably right oh mm-hmm. definitely yeah 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 uh, i uh
1: I babysat a dog for my nan about i don't know four or five months ago um just to test whether or not we were ready to have a dog and yeah. by the end of that seven days, we weren't ready to have a dog.
0: Yeah. How old how old was the dog? Oh, about three, two or okay. three. Yeah, so still mm. still pretty active. But, yeah, like, yeah. but peeing and peeing outside though, yeah? No. <laughs> oh right. Okay. <laughs> okay <laughs> Strange environment. Yeah, Enjoy yeah. It. Yeah. Cool. Uh so I guess we've got to do the big whoops. Uh has anyone got anything cool that they've been reading, watching, seeing, doing, sniffing? Uh Justin?
2: Uh I haven't started it yet, but I just saw the trailer today for uh the next Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of Wars, I think oh, it's called yes. Middle yeah. Earth. Shadow, of the next Lord of the Rings kind of game. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm super <laughs> stoked sweet. on that. Like I'm not a big gamer, uh, to be honest, but I like some games and like the Tomb Raider games that they recently did the two reboots mm-hmm. by Crystal Dynamics and uh and then and then Shadow of Mordor. Like these are amazing games. Like you're watching a movie. You're playing the game. It's all part of one experience. There's no like, oh, now I got a hack and slash for two hours and it's boring as hell. You know, there's none of that. It's just it's awesomeness all the way. And now this new game looks like quadruple that. So I'm pretty excited about
0: that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm a big fan of those sort of incredibly immersive uh, filmic games. Like I think they've been doing evidence that Metal Gear Solid 2 came out which was like three or four hours of cutscenes. i was like i'm enjoying this more than actually playing the game <laughs> <laughs> yeah and
2: it it's great like to with work. tomb raider where it doesn't feel like the cutscenes really separate from the gameplay it mm. just feels like oh this is just more of the game cool you know
1: yeah it's very similar with um the last of us as well that's very yeah yeah theatrical we yeah love that story, that's the other good one yeah. Yeah, yeah what about you dan you got a big whip <laughs> Um, My big whoop is that I've finally got around to doing something that I've been meaning to do for a while, which is read some of Chris Fox's um, nonfiction books for authors. Hmm. Um, Simply because I was just... I Well, I sit outside of my child's bedroom door for half an hour so that he doesn't run out of his bedroom and fall down the stairs every night. And uh, I I finished the end of a book and realised that because I was on Kindle Unlimited, I could just jump on and download one of Chris's. So I checked out Six Figure Author and Lifelong Writing Habits. And they're quite short reads, but they're definitely to the point and has there's not it's not really bloat it's just
0: the information that did you need like did you um... in my head okay, <laughs> okay yeah yes yeah, so no, I, I enjoyed this one I think i have done um uh six figure offer or launched no launch to market I've I've read through mm. which is really great um, yeah cause he's about
1: to launch a new one isn't he which is Relaunch your novel
0: yeah it's
1: about reviving yeah. your old works so it might have gone a bit stale it came out didn't it or is it up for pre-order one of the two i thought yeah yeah I think is it pre-order? I'm not sure. I saw I saw one of his posts about it. Yeah. Obviously, he it didn't think in. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's um really easy read. I thought it was had a lot of interesting stuff in there for especially six-figure author for people that are, um maybe looking at the best platforms to put their books on because I kind of like how he's just unapologetically I'm going to throw all my eggs into the Kindle basket, and
0: yeah. just. Kind of makes sense to a minute, isn't it? I think it kind of yeah. makes sense to go. Um, Especially for us, who sort of haven't got a massive sort of fan base, a bunch of one mm-hmm. at all, uh, to go with like somewhere there's already a fan base built in. Uh, just, just are you wide on any of your books? Or are you all in on Kindle?
2: Uh, I'm wide on some. So let's see. I, on my teddy bear books, <laughs> oh
0: yeah. yeah,
2: I figured those are so small and they don't like nobody really cares about Ku on those anyway. So uh, I went wide with those. I haven't really done a lot of promotion on it though. It's just here and there, whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and then I have a couple of books that were picked up international markets, and those are, I guess, you could call wide at that point because they're not just going to publish on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. They're going to do in their bookstores and maybe Barnes and Noble too, and all that. I'm not really sure. Yeah. So in that sense.
0: Yeah. Um, cool. So I mean, uh, so we've got some questions for you, Justin. If that's okay, uh, we've got quite a few, uh, and uh, feel free to. And so I'll tell us to do one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so I mean,
0: the last time we talked was like two years ago, believe it or not. And uh, at the time you were you were working for Telltale, You were, I think you had the fourth redempting series you were working on and the Ali the, the Strom books. I mean, that was two years yeah. ago. So I was just kind of wondering, personally, that what are the biggest changes for you in the last two years in your writing life?
2: Yeah, that seems like forever ago, huh? <laughs> Well, that process that we were talking about, like where where, we're, you know, people have heard me talk on other shows. They're probably used to this. But basically now I've gotten much more to the point where I delegate and rely on others. So instead of just trying to write the whole book and then spend some time away from it and then come back and revise it, revise it, spend some time. Now I I write a first draft as quick as I can. When I'm about either a third or half of the way through, I send it either to one of my favorite beta readers or my editor, one of the two, whichever I feel like, because I haven't really figured out which one works better yet. And then, uh, especially if I feel like it's more raw, maybe I'll send it to the editor first so I don't offend my beta reader by giving her a piece of crap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and then I just keep moving, you know, so that by the time she gets my edits back to me, I have the rest of the book done or at least another chunk done that I can send. And I just keep going like that. And and that's helped out a lot. And then whenever that one's done, I send it to the other person, either the beta reader or the editor. And then when I'm done, I have a, an editor that looks over it once before I send it to a group of beta readers, or you could call them just in time readers, which is a big thing Michael Anderle has done where it's like last-minute, check for any final things that we just might have missed, you know, like typos or loopholes or whatever. I thought loopholes. It was a
1: pun on your name.
2: Yeah, yeah. of <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just in time,
2: Yeah. Uh, readers. Yeah, so so that's kind of the new process that I've, I've, I love now. Uh, like I said, I wouldn't mind having more time to sit back and relax. And I think when I take a little bit more time to myself, I might try to do one of those on the side where I still do one of these a month, but then also try to write something that takes me like a year that I just spend time with, like, perfecting every single angle of it, like, every sentence. I know it's insane. Like, they, in self-publishing, you don't think about doing something like that. But uh, I have a connection kind of through Brandon Sanderson's agent, who's one of my favorite writers, so being with his agent would be amazing. And, and he did look at some of my stuff at one point, and he's like, I see why you're being successful in the self-published world, but an editor from one of the top six is probably not going to uh, yeah. take this, which yeah. is, you know, makes sense, because they're looking for totally different things than the majority of readers of commercial fiction are looking for. But I do want to get to that point where I can go with the big six at some point also and have both streams of income so that if one month Amazon gives you a lower payment and you were counting on that payment, you still have the traditional houses giving you their royalty checks. And, you know, the idea is to have like 20 times more income a month than you actually need. That'd be awesome. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it'd be quite nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so i think the main the main thing that changes is probably process.
0: So how many books have you put out in the last two years? Is that, that might be a bit of a random question for you, but... I don't know.
2: Yeah, according to... <laughs> kindle uh report or what is it something report book report mm. uh, or book tracker one of the two whatever it is book report right according to them uh i have like 50 books out right now so when we last talked right i had like yeah <laughs> but that that includes like the short like middle grade books you know that are like 100 pages each okay so that's not much that's like 30,000 words uh it includes those so 50, 50 books including those and when we last talked i guess i hadn't published anything or i had just published falls redemption and alice John. i don't remember
0: uh, yeah, but, I can't remember, yeah. I think you were, I think maybe you'd done the Forza Redemption stuff, or you were republishing them in a different way, or something like that I, I can't really remember Yeah, 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 yeah that might have been,
2: because uh, originally
0: I did those as episodes, then I was like, wait, yeah. this isn't yeah.
2: right, this doesn't fit, it's not a, no it should be epic fantasy trilogy, is it, is meant to be, yeah. uh, and as I started off so, so say, somewhere around uh, that range of 30 what, or 40 books. What would you say, the biggest
0: successes? Uh, of the biggest well, of course successes. the Michael Anderle stuff,
2: but uh, <laughs> you know, if I if I ignore that because that's just a given, like he touches something it turns to gold. He's that goose in the DuckTales movie.
0: Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, so if you ignore that, Falls of Redemption has definitely made me the most money, but it hasn't made like big money. Uh, that I rebranded it like we talked about. I put new covers on it. Um, at first I'd done some Fiverr covers, you know, like the $5, or maybe $15 things. Yeah. And I'd done, I had a Filipino artist do some stuff at one point that I liked, but I didn't love. And so I totally redid all that and paid, uh, I did a, did I do a, Nine Nine Designs? Oh, I did a Nine Nine Design contest. I didn't think I liked any of them. I later, like six months later, saw somebody's book cover that I liked and said, hey, your book cover is awesome. Who did it? He sent it to me. I looked through his art and saw a cover that looked kind of like what I was going for and realized he, it was one he submitted to my contest that I rejected, apparently. <laughs> so <laughs> went back oh, and hired yeah. him to finish that one. And then I uh, ended up going with some other artists just through, like you know, like I was saying, going through their lists uh, to do the each of the individual books. So I had the individual books and the trilogy out. And then through like offering first book free uh here and there, like one or two days a month, and doing promos on it through like Book Barbarian and whatnot. Uh that, that book started paying off to like, you know, the thousand to two thousand dollar a month range, wow. that yeah, series yeah. of books, those three. Uh which is nice, you know, that's like you start to feel like a real author at that point. You know, when you're it's mm-hmm. like making a dollar or two or a hundred or two a month, it's kinda like that's cool. It's money, but it's not like real money. And yeah. then you get it's to the side, side, of, side
0: like, hustle Hing. at that point. And then uh yeah, it's the next yeah. level, isn't it? Yeah. What would you say yeah, the big, you biggest, waste biggest waste of time?
2: What's that? the biggest waste of time? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if I want to call it a waste of time. It's really not. I guess mm, that's tough. I was going to say like the the children's books. The you know because they're not as marketable. But like one of our series sold to French speaking countries and we made more money off of that than I made on all my books in the two years before I signed up with Anderle. Yeah. So you know you got to it's it's, it's it's tough right. And then I did a lot of time on screenwriting and it seems like that for so long that doesn't pay off, but then all of a sudden we sell a script, and they're trying to get it into production by the end of this year, and it seems like it could actually happen, and wow. these little things. Like yeah. We're all seems like waste of time until it's not a waste of time, so yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. tough Everything's question.
1: Everything's everlasting. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, like I took a month off from my Michael Anderle books to focus on my book two of my werewolf vampire series, Hounds of God is the first one, and I wrote the second one and it came out after I had two books with Michael Anderle that are also vampire werewolf. so I thought, well, this is a given, you know, it's going to do well. And, like, nobody bought the book. So that
1: feels like a waste of time. But maybe when book three comes out, everybody will buy the books. And it won't have been, so who knows? (laughs) Yeah. It seems that you've got, um, you say you've got about 50 books out. And they all seem to vary across different genres. Are you one of these people that you just write the things that you enjoy? Or is there kind of a strategy behind the stuff that you are writing?
2: Yeah, it's changed more recently, of course. Um, You know, it's the same idea with, like, where I always wanted to be not just a writer, but I wanted to write it. be a screenwriter, video game writer, and novelist. Same thing with books. Like I don't want to just be a fantasy guy because if I don't – if I feel like writing something – like, like you said, yeah, I'm one of those guys who writes whatever. I feel like yes. <laughs> uh, but but I've been trying to change that slightly. And what I'll do nowadays is I'll maybe even get a cover for what I want to write and like put the outline down and then just put it in a shelf for someday when I know I'm going to be able to get to it. Because then I feel like I kind of accomplished something. I have the outline. I have the cover. It's gonna happen, <laughs> but I, I will ignore it and focus on more commercial a- properties f- in the meantime. And then when I feel like I'm at that point where I'm making like twenty times more a month than I need, I can bust out those books and do one for myself, and then go back and make some more money, and then do one for myself. You know, like uh, yeah. Entourage, one for them, one for me.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that, about the one for me, one for them model. How many yeah. how many of those um, <laughs> outlines have you got stored away, ready to go?
2: Uh, I mean, probably only like three or four, so it's not like insane. But, I mean, I have a lot of other story ideas that I've locked away that I yeah. probably won't ever touch. Like, at the time, they seemed really cool. I'll tell you guys one because I'm never going to use it. <laughs> I thought it would be really cool to do, like, a, uh, a Breaking Bad style thing of the, the Joker without calling him the Joker. But it's basically – it's based on this old story by Victor Hugo, I think it is, uh, whoever did The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Hmm. And it's uh, the man who smiled too much or the man who laughed too much or something like that. And it's this kid who, like, they deform his face kind of like a Some Dog Millionaire. And he comes across this girl, and there's a blind, the mom's blind, or the girl's blind, or something like this. And there's this whole like tragic story around it. So, I was gonna make this love story where the girl gets taken and enslaved, and he has to rescue her, but in the process, you know, suffers a lot and goes through all this depression and basically starts losing his mind. But at the end, he just goes on this crazy rampage and like kills them all. So, it's like Deadpool kind of Deadpool. Is that the one thing you know, one of those kind of things? Yeah, you can do that, <laughs> you can do that as a comic book. Uh,
0: yeah, just, yeah. You, don't yeah so I, use, you don't have to use joking. Yeah. I know you could use like, uh, it's quite common practice nowadays to do a sort of um like reskin the character make your own version of him so people know who it is but exactly that's what i was gonna do
2: i was never gonna call him the joker but at the end he'd be wearing like a purple suit and kind of just laughing about to go kill them all and but then that you know for the market that doesn't do anything for me that's that's gonna be the opposite of what i want like people who are read my current books they want happy endings they want Fist pumping awesomeness the whole way through. They don't want to be depressed. And so if I release something like that, I'm probably going to lose half my
0: audience and they'll never come back to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, those ones I just keep in the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you published all these books. You published maybe 30, 30 books or something in the last like two years. Um, I was going to ask, do you think if you spent all that time working on one book, would you have learned? more about like writing and becoming a better writer doing that one book or do you think in the process of finishing and starting a new book and finishing starting a but you think do you mean that's a uh that that's that help you learn quicker <laughs> yeah yeah learn i think better. it's
2: pretty dumb of people to just focus on the same thing for years uh i had a buddy who was doing screenplays and so in the time that i wrote like 20 screenplays he just kept revising that same one over and over and you know it's like he'll go get notes and he'll revise it but it's like A lot of that's subjective, you know. You're revising based off somebody else's opinion, and then you're revising off of somebody else's opinion. But that doesn't mean it's right, so you might not even be revising in the right direction. And this kind of comes into my writing style, where I feel like at some points in my writing career, I've kind of veered away from who I am. And I look back at Land of Gods in that series, especially the third book in that series, and I'm like, that was me. Who is this guy now? And I'll have to like try to go back and find myself again, you know. Uh, Yeah. But in that first book I ever did, I did, you know, revise, like I said, it took me six years, not just nonstop. I went off and I'd go like write the Ally Strong books and then I'd come back to The Falls of Redemption and revise it some more. And that was a kind of a cool process because uh, I started that in maybe it's more like five years. I started in 2010 or 11, somewhere in there, and then didn't publish until late 2014, 15, 16, somewhere in there. I forget. <laughs> Wh- <laughs> Might have been 2016.
0: Which book was that, sorry? Which was the one you spent? Uh, La- Land of Gods. Okay, and right. it's yeah, yeah.
2: equal to it. it was originally like one book that I then broke out into two, and then edited the third onto, yeah. uh, which is why it's not as good of a book as it could be. Because if I was going to reapproach that now, you know, I would totally write book one as a, a book yes. instead of a book that's broken into. Uh, yes, I don't know if I answered your question there.
0: Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I think uh, Dan, <laughs> you, you sent me a, a video uh, about a month or two ago about the, the Seven Habits of the Highly Effective Artists. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and he was saying that like eighty percent of the learning is done of like the learning of and improving is done in the finishing and moving on to the next project yeah. Yeah. so it kind of feeds it it kind of feeds into that, to that guy as well
2: yeah yeah because yeah. you can learn so much more and then like the next six months or two years of working on other projects and then go back and revise that one versus it, it it'd be a much harder learning process to and you would have wasted so much time you know you'd feel like if you just waited that year or whatever and then went back and revised you could have learned so much more that might have taken you like five years otherwise because you're not exploring and expanding your mind into new projects and new ideas and coming up with new thoughts or even story ideas. You know, if I go write my children's book about a girl with a magic amulet that came from the Ring of Solomon, you know, that's going to make me think about a whole set of different things and read a different set of books, you know, to think about that. So that yeah. when I come back to my other series, uh, I have all these other ideas flowing around in my head. And a lot of times when you focus on something else too, you start thinking about the other projects, you know, or if I go watch like Indiana Jones, I'll start thinking about my own books, even if it has nothing to do with that movie, just because your mind starts coming up with stuff. And you're like, oh, what if you did that there? And
1: oh, that totally doesn't fit this at all. But in my book, that'd be perfect. You know, this kind of stuff. (laughs) How do you juggle that? Because it sounds like there's a thousand ideas floating around in your head. And outside of, you know, having to outline every single idea that come in and having to get a cover for every single book, do you have like a notepad that you just literally just jot ideas down and then pick which ones you're going to elaborate a bit more on? Or what's your kind of process for that?
2: Yeah, Evernote. Uh, basically, I just put everything in Evernote. I um, used to anyway. I don't know if I, u- I haven't used Evernote in quite a while now. So I think nowadays it's kind of gotten to the point where, yeah, <laughs> I have my main things that I like, my main ideas that are just kind of too strong in my head to ever go away. Like I, or what I did the other day is I wrote a short of one of them. So and I published it. So that's my one. It's called uh, I think it's called His Dark Knights or The Dark Knights. I forget, but it's basically vampire King Arthur vampires. You know. I thought that'd be kind of fun. I was like, I want to write a book that's King Arthur, but is a vampire. And Merlin um, was a sorcerer who be- or a paladin who became a sorcerer when he got corrupt. So that's kind of like this, this interesting idea, right? So instead of yeah. spending time writing the book because I was in the middle of other stuff that's going to make more money for sure, I wrote the short story version of it and published that. And that way, if anybody else comes and writes it later, they can't be like, Oh, you stole my idea. But like, dude, that short story <laughs> was there 10 years ago, sucker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Easy with um. See, you you cross a lot across sorry you cross through loads of different genres how does that affect your writing style because obviously i've read um justice is calling which is your post-apocalyptic vampire thriller and it's very fast paced and it's very go 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 but then when you switch into your sort of fantasy stories they're commonly a lot more wordier a lot sort of they linger around a lot on the details and they're a bit lengthier how how do you find just hopping from one to the other
2: i just do it wrong (laughs) <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I I like to basically tell people, too, that that I don't really like the fantasy books that take too long. Like, I love Brandon Sanderson. He's like my epitome of what fantasy is. But I know some people really don't like what he did with the Robert Jordan books. Mm. Uh, are you guys still there? Just making sure, because yeah. it's kind of froze up.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, uh, coming through fine to us. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. hear us? Hello? Oh. Hello? Just then. Oh, I think he's frozen. Can you hear me again? <laughs> I can hear you, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, let's try... Oh, it's dropped off. Okay. How bizarre. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, sorry. Uh, She's in now. I was uh, <laughs> actually yeah. looking over at the... Uh, thingy hey, hey mm. you back yes hey cool um so lost you guys didn't you, you, you guys catch any of what i said or should i just start over on that so you're talking about like uh differences in in, in prose
1: styles right between,
2: between yeah you were saying about when i switched yeah. between the other question yeah. was like
0: switching and genre stuff so yeah should yeah. i stop back in there
1: do it yeah start that one again i think if that's if that's will right with you
0: okay are you recording already yeah, oh yeah so we're, we're good to go yeah yeah okay um
2: yeah, yeah. So basically, I kind of switch genres all the time without switching styles, unfortunately, maybe to my detriment, right? Uh, so <laughs> a lot of times I'll write, uh, you know, the kids' books will feel quite similar to my adult books, minus any kind of possible swearing or sexual references. Mm. Uh, but as far as like the tone and the, the – or as far as like the uh, the pacing and the, the, the voice even maybe to a degree, uh, they're pretty similar. But for fantasy too, I like – you know Brandon Sanderson style that's a little more fast paced and less description heavy uh, versus like Robert Jordan who's all about like the world building and taking like five years of <laughs> chapters yeah. before from going from one like he'll just go from the house to the store and it takes like five chapters and I'm like I don't know what's going on here why is this taking so long yeah. and people love that some people are gonna hate me for saying that <laughs> but but I'm much more of like the fast-paced uh kick-butt style of story writing um and even like Like you'll read some people, uh, some of these self-published authors. This is why I'm starting to love this because they're not bogged down by the big six telling them what they need to do. You know, like these editors who think they know what what the readers want, but there's all these readers out here like me who don't want that crap. So you'll get some awesome authors like P.T. Hilton and Will White who are writing fantasy, but it's keeping me engaged. and It's not full of all this flowery prose that's boring me or just dropping all this world building building information on me. You know, like they, they give it to you in little bits throughout the story. And so that's what I do with my own writing. I basically just write what I want to read, uh, even if I know some fantasy readers will read that and be like, "Well, it's it's only like eighty thousand words, and it's uh, not full of all this world building, so I don't like it." <laughs> well, go read Robert Jordan, then. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think it'd be better if I got a little bit more of that. And if and I say that, but when I when I brought up this point to Chris and Lee uh, with the Age of Magic stuff, uh, they they both called me out and said, "What are you talking about, dude? They're totally different." um like not trying to pat me on the back but telling me i'm wrong they're like no you're wrong (laughs) so i might be seeing it through like some kind of weird lens on myself you know like the the mirror doesn't match what's really there Mm. uh but in my mind the pacing and all that stays pretty similar
0: yeah Uh, so i mean uh in terms of like you're doing all this writing and production um how how much time are you spending writing and how much time are you spending marketing
2: uh so what i've tried to do nowadays is write in the morning and market at night You know, because I'm too tired at night anyway, usually. So sometimes if I'm feeling up for it, I'll try to write a little bit like the other day, yesterday, the day before. I think I went out there and tried to write for about 45 minutes. And then when I started nodding off, what I'll do is (laughs) put a movie on and do marketing while I'm watching the movie because movies will keep me awake. Uh, So if I put on. Even if it's a movie I've seen before, like I'll put on Pirates of the Caribbean and I know that's fun. I know what's happening and there's music that's pumping me up and the dialogue's funny, but I'm kind of used to it. So it could be almost white noise. The music is so Uh, good in that as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my favorite soundtracks for writing for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So then that helps me to get through like two hours of marketing, even when I would be nodding off otherwise. And then, yeah, writing in the morning, I try to get some writing in on the weekends. Like my wife, I'll, I'll usually watch the kids for the first three hours while she sleeps in and then she'll wake up and give me like two hours to write. So that works out really well.
1: Uh, yeah
0: yeah what
1: um what defines success for you because you've got your sort of fast-paced genre fiction stuff you are doing with michael anderley you say earlier that you'd you like it more time to do sort of the lengthier projects you've gone into obviously your your game stuff your screenwriting what is it that you see as the end goal in the long run or do you not really have one of those Is it just sort of just take it as it comes and see what happens
2: oh i've already accomplished them all you are complete I'm complete
1: I I really feel that way in
2: some levels because when I started writing I started writing uh, in a large part because I love the Game of Thrones books Mm. and then I got to work on Game of Thrones at Telltale and so this was like this big full circle where I'm like well all right job done I did it (laughs) but there's some other properties out there like that that I would love to work on Um, you know there's big things like I wouldn't I would definitely love to go work Do a screenplay or two at Disney or Pixar or something like that. That'd be awesome.
0: I remember you Uh, saying uh, Pixar was a big one for you. you Yeah. Still still feeling that? Or have you moved on? Still, I was
2: on an eight year goal. I said an eight year goal around that same time we talked last time. So I got six years left on it. So we'll see. We'll do a
0: podcast every two years and we'll update each other on Pixar. Check out Pixar.
2: Exactly. We'll see what happens. But yeah. So there's some things that have been happening that I can't talk about that are like more similar to that, which are pretty exciting. So we'll see what happens if that does happen uh i officially people probably heard my podcast where i went full-time like three or four weeks ago yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Or it was about a little month about a month ago a month and a half ago so i went full-time and then like two weeks after that or a week after that a video game company recruited me and it was too cool of an opportunity so i said yes so (laughs) i'm back in the office (laughs) yeah uh... so i I went full-time i achieved that goal and then i said okay i'm done (laughs) (laughs) how how long were you
0: a full-time offer before before the game contract came in oh just hours. like a week and they wanted, week wanted to hire me right those? away too i
2: said oh wait, give me a month and they said no we got a week will you do it and i said uh all right yeah. <laughs> it was really yeah i was hoping to get like two or three books done in that time i was just gonna mm-hmm. be like hardcore and try to bust out like two or three and have them ready to go uh but yeah the job is exciting and it's working with some people that I love and uh, working on properties that I love. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, but, you know, it's, I don't think of it like a job. I think yeah, of it as yeah. I'm a full-time writer, and this is another writing thing that I do during the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: of course. Uh, yeah. But,
2: so going back to your question, though, like, yeah, the full-time thing where I'm pulling in huge amounts of cash and just being able to write whenever I feel like it, that's still definitely something I'll probably do for the majority of my life from now on,
0: I would think. Yeah. And that's, like, the goal. Do you, uh, do you enjoy writing? Do you enjoy Do you prefer video game writing or or one over
2: the other uh yeah i when i was at telltale somebody asked me this question he said what are you are you a screenwriter a video game writer or a novelist you know because same thing with like genre what genre do you write people love to ask those kind of questions because they don't understand that anybody can be more than one thing but anyway the answer that popped into my head immediately you know like those psychology tests first thing that comes to your head yeah Uh, without even thinking about it i was like i'm an author uh and and i feel like that's definitely more what I enjoy doing it's more where I feel my mind is at. it's more what I feel is the prestige level because it's all you you know when you're when you're an author you're the one who wrote that book it's your ideas Mm -hmm. you're coming up with the cool stuff your voice is what's connecting to the audience versus if it's video games or a movie you have directors in there you have the animators you have all these different things that are interpreting the story into different ways translating the stories into different ways that might totally change how the actual end result plays out you know even if it still feels like your vision there's all these different levels of things that can be connecting with the audience. Versus if it's a book, it's like you wrote those words and those characters, and that's what's connecting and changing people's lives.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, is there any other mediums that you're looking to break into? So uh, you've done games. You, you. I think you're doing a film thing as well. Uh, are you able to talk about that anymore, or is that all hush hush? Uh,
2: we well, the one thing we adapted the Sean Platt screenplay. Uh, Sean United. Oh, yeah,
0: Threshold, yeah. right? Or is it the other one?
2: It was Crash. Crash, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. They okay. were turned into Wrecked, and they're going to retitle probably before we shoot it. Um, so that one, they have some actors. They have this the cool guy. They have this this lady who's on Expanse right now. She's on Expanse Season 2, cool. anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they have a director that I think is attached who was this Pixar guy for a little while, a few years. Um, or maybe a lot of years, I forget. But, uh, yeah, so they're getting people on it, which is exciting, wow, right? that's
0: cool. But, yeah. you know,
2: you never know what it'll happen in Hollywood. And it's an indie studio, so I don't know if you will call it even Hollywood, but... You never know what will happen in movie land. <laughs> uh, but fingers crossed, it sounds like it's going to happen. So that's really cool. Yeah. And then there's another project that we adapted. P.T. Hilton and I adapted John L. Monk's uh, novel, Kick, yeah. which is an oh, awesome nice. story yeah. about jumping bodies and whatnot. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and that one a lot of companies were interested in. And then we did a shopping agreement with this production company. And so that could go well. We've also been a t- uh, approached by somebody – who would like to, uh, he, he says he has all these connections with Amazon. You know how Amazon does their original content? Yeah, yeah. So
0: Studios, Yeah.
2: claims that they would love to make that end of a TV series. But we have the shopping agreement with these other companies, so we can't really go that route anyway. But if we, if the shopping agreement ended and we wanted to part our ways, we could maybe talk to that guy. So there's cool things happening, but you never know when they actually, or if they will ever happen.
0: Yeah, hmm. yeah. And so is there any other mediums like um, comic books or anything that you, maybe you want to work for Marvel sometime or, or is that just not on your radar?
2: Uh, P.T. Hilton and I applied for the DC Writers Workshop.
0: Oh this... yeah, I know a guy who, who who does it. Who did it actually, Ryan Lindsay. Um, nice, nice. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, so it's something you're looking into.
2: Yeah, so we would we would love to win that or be part of that. You know, get accepted to that program and play in that realm for me. And also, there's actually somebody we've been talking with about turning some of our books into graphic novels, especially like this uh, Justice is Calling and those ones. So that'd be really cool. Uh, it'd be like less of our work. It'd be more like somebody producing them and getting all the money for us, which would be nice.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, So i like i like that aspect of it or like the work for hire where you like write the comics like they pay you lots of money or some money i don't know it depends <laughs> some people say you get paid pretty well some people say it's horrible Did you see so it probably um, just depends some, on what someone, level um, you are in that world like if you're super sought after or not
0: yeah someone, but, uh, but yeah i
2: love i love comics i love this whole aspect and what i'm working on now is uh marvel stuff so it's very much connected you know i'm getting to know all the characters and their backstories and there's some really cool backstories you know in these comics like some people just like they do with video
0: games, they'll like blow off com- Hello. I think we hello. I think we might have lost them again. Hello? You still hear me down, yeah? Yeah, I can hear you, hear you. Okay, cool. That's uh uh <sighs>
1: So it's annoying when you're talking and it goes in it, because then it's like how long have I been talking for to no one?
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh what were we just talking about? Uh so it'll be the Marvel comic bits. Yeah. <coughs> Hello. Hey Justin. Hello.
2: <laughs> Don't know what's going on there. No, Stupid. it's all
0: right. Um, so you, we're still recording by the way. So you were just saying uh you're getting to work with some of the Marvel properties so you're getting used to the uh the backstory of some of these characters.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm getting to work with uh, this Marvel stuff and the backstories of some of these characters and getting to know like what the worlds are all about and all these uh, intricate plot details that go into these stories and you know it's it's amazing. It's just like the best novel series out there or the best movie series or TV series. Uh, same thing with comics. They have so many different uh, directions and deep storytelling that it's stupid for people to ignore them. And it definitely is something that a lot of writers should aspire to try at some point. It's the big difference is you got to learn how to write very concisely right
0: mm-hmm. and that's
2: could be a challenge and that's one reason i want to try it too is because i like i like that style of writing and i want to i always like to expand my horizons a little bit so when i did the ucla screenwriting program i did sitcom writing because i wasn't really a comedy writer i didn't know anything about <laughs> sitcom writing um so i figured that way i'd learn the most because it was something i knew the least about and and similar concepts it's fun to try these things i would never want to do documentaries or anything like that. I've applied for those kind of jobs in the past and you start looking at the job description and you're just like, oh my God, kill me. (laughs) Some people love it, no offense. I'm just saying it's not for me. Um, And I can't really think of anything else out there that I would want to try either, but who knows?
1: Mm. What does um, an average writing day look like for Justin Sloan? Because obviously, like you say, you went full time for a a week and then (laughs) now you're back into the grip of things. And I know that there are a lot of people out there who feel like they can't find the time to write and then there are people like you and everyone else that's partnering the big Catherian Gambit universe that are finding these pockets of time to produce a lot, a lot of work. Um, yeah. What What's an average writing day for you?
2: Yeah, and I would say for those people, go listen to my episode with Steve Campbell on his uh, podcast. Um, what's that called? The Author Biz. And that was like the whole thing is about that, basically, like fine with like low resources and low time and all that.
0: Because uh, mm-hmm.
2: at one point that was me. Uh, and so even now, yeah, I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old and, you know, a job again and a wife and all this stuff uh, lots of debt and all these things that hang over your head (laughs) you know it it all adds up and so it's tough and so for me it's like I'll get up I try to get up at like 4 or 4.30 and write until my kid wakes up my son because he likes to wake up early if I'm lucky, he'll sleep till 630. Sometimes he'll wake up at five and then I get nothing done because that's basically enough time to wake, get some coffee and try to clear my head and I'll sit down and then
1: ah, he's up. <laughs> sounds like my kid. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, but sometimes I get the time in, so I feel like it's still worth waking up because you never know if you'll get it. And when I get it, and I probably get it more times than not. Uh, but yeah, so that's part of my writing schedule. And then I'll get on the train to go to work and I'll write for another half hour, 20 minutes, half an hour there. Um and then and then at the end of the day, like right, I said, like, maybe I'll try to get another half hour to an hour at the in the evening if I'm awake enough, which is doubtful because we get the kids. We we try to put the kids in bed by seven, seven thirty, but they don't fall asleep until like nine, nine thirty. Right. <laughs> so at that point, your head's already nodding off and you've been listening to like this peaceful lullaby music in the dark. And it's so hard <laughs> to wake up after that. Right. But I try to force myself to and then I'll, I'll try to write for like half an hour, an hour, just do like a sprint, right? Just jump in there and do whatever I can as fast as I can. Mm. And, and then I'll, like I said, just do some marketing. But, but that differs wildly from when I was full-time, of course, because <laughs> uh, I would still try to wake up kind of early, but I realized if I wake up too early, then later in the day I was dead, right? I couldn't write as well because I'd just be falling asleep. Um, so I'd wake up more like at 5.30 or 6. And if I could get writing in a wood, if not, no big deal. Uh, and then I would go write to one cafe for two hours, take like a half-hour break, write uh, another cafe for two hours like go work out grab lunch maybe do something else for like half an hour to an hour that would just relax you know because I at first I tried to work throughout the day and I would just for two or three hours just be fighting myself to fall asleep or not to not fall asleep so that was a waste of time so I realized you need like a good hour or two break in there that you're just not going to write and you need to acknowledge that you're not going to write and then I try to hop back on again for another hour or so before I went and pick up the kids at daycare and that was an awesome schedule but uh but but like I said, it's it's tiring, uh, you know. And then if you're if you're doing that and you're not writing and getting words on the page, you just feel guilty because you know that your whole paycheck now is re- relying on that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. so it's 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 tough. But I think you gotta realize that it's okay to write for five or six hours a day, and be good with that. How many words does that average out as a day? Uh, well, so I probably write anywhere from a thousand to two thousand words an hour, I guess. Mm. Um, so. If I'm if I'm doing it as I do now, like maybe I'll get two hours in a day if I'm lucky. So that could be as much as four thousand words. It's usually less because those stop and start things like that. It's hard to get as many words out because uh, you take a few minutes to try to think about things and whatnot. Um, but when I was doing it full time like that, I think it'd be like seven or eight thousand u- words usually. Wow. Yeah,
0: it's a nice working day then.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And if you do the math on that, like if you're doing eight thousand words a day, even just 20 days a month. Uh, and then maybe get in an extra couple here and there on the weekends. That's pretty awesome. You know, <laughs> like you're going to get some good, no, books. you're going to get at least yeah. two books done a month if you're doing them like 60,000 words. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. Uh, so um, we, we're steaming through. So I've only got uh, one more question really uh, before the quick fire round. Um about you, Dan. Um, but so what, what podcasts are you listening to? What, what blogs are you frequenting and, and um, what are you, how are you learning more about the business as it were? Uh, lately, I
2: haven't been doing that as much. It's more like the groups, you know, like yeah. I'll be part of Michael and crew. So we have a Slack group where we chat about stuff, but then there's like the Facebook group, the 20 books to 50 K, which is amazing. And you find some great people in there. And then some people split off and do little side groups in there. So that's, that's awesome. Um, but mostly it's like, just, I have all these author friends now because once you start doing it, you start connecting with people after a while, you just get lots of great author mentors, I guess you can call them mm-hmm. and I just ping them and be like, Hey, what's going on here. But, but when I was trying to get more into it, like you know, script note, script notes, yeah, that's yeah, like the, screen rest, yeah, the best yeah. screenwriting. Yeah, with John August and Craig Mazin. Uh, uh, the author biz, you know, like I mentioned, is cool. The uh, what's the uh, Lindsay Baroker one? The science fiction fantasy marketing podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, of course, the self-publishing formula podcast is pretty good. The Mark Dawson, and uh, I, I used to listen to SPP quite a lot, self-publishing podcasts. I don't think I have in quite a while, though. I don't know why. Um, I like those guys. I think because they talk a lot and, like, have fun a lot, which is cool if that's what you're looking for. So, like, when I was on my commute and just trying to, like, pass the time, that's awesome. But now if I'm just trying to learn something real fast, I don't really want all the banter in between. Yeah. Uh, So great for people if you want some fun and feel like you're hanging out with some cool guys. Yeah. Uh, But if I'm just trying to listen for, like, five minutes to get some information, like, uh, Rocking Self-Publishing podcasts was great. Uh, Yeah. Your guys' show is obviously awesome.
0: Is, is, simon still doing, is simon still doing rockin self-publishing because i have not i don't know did he stop now. i don't know i, I think hmm. he had a maybe had a couple of weeks break and then i just sort of forgot to read download or update the, the feed um yeah i, I was know. just
2: trying to click on it right now just to see and for some reason it just started playing instead of uh letting me see <laughs> because i heard the intro to his podcast just now that's what it is i hope it's not copyright and you guys are getting in trouble <laughs>
0: um yeah dan have you got any, any more questions before we go into the quick fire round
1: uh, as always a thousand, but I think I'll probably save it for another show if you ever want to come back on, Justin.
2: Cool, I'll s i was happy to. Now I'm gonna <laughs> well, schedule a lot of two stuff. years.
0: Yeah. Two years time yeah. Yeah. scheduled in. So cool. Yeah, I'll be at Pixar. Yeah. <laughs> <Cool>. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, so the quick fire round. We've got uh ten questions for you. Uh feel free to answer, feel free to not to. Uh you've got like five seconds to answer each one, so uh, no pressure. Uh are you ready? Yes. <laughs> Daniel take the first one?
1: Uh, Go for it. What's your biggest hobby outside of writing?
2: Ah, see, this is hard. I don't have a hobby.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I do family, and I guess
2: watching movies or playing video games. Uh, Cats or dogs? Mm, My daughter hates dogs with a passion, so if I have to have one, probably be a cat, but I like dogs.
1: Collab or solo solo writing?
2: Uh, Collab with a bunch of asterisks thrown after that. Uh, (laughs) Harry Potter or Frodo Baggins? of course harry potter i'm a nerd <laughs> of the younger generation now but i love Frodo also. that's really tough but I, I i think i i know it's supposed to be quickfire but i think i put harry potter at like one of my top favorite ips with game of thrones and a couple other things and lord of the rings is like right below that after the top three or four so oh. what,
1: what was the last book you read uh
2: i actually just read something um well let's throw out there because i can remember it uh rice walker's time bound that was a lot of fun
0: uh, the one person you'd like to meet
2: george r r martin your favorite place to write uh i will not say starbucks because that's where i write a lot but it's not my favorite uh germany in a bar that's really cool with a big beer that, that was a, i actually did that it was quite fun like when i was at business <laughs> trips we'd go to this bar all the time it has these big oak oak beams with like this cool candlelight style uh, lighting and that was an amazing place to write novels cool
0: uh favorite writer Oh,
2: George R. R. Martin, uh, definitely, or Brandon Sanderson, maybe, yeah, those two guys. Yeah.
0: Your favorite alcoholic beverage? Uh, Guinness. Uh, so the 10th question was actually we've already asked you is, is would you come back on the show, but you're already scheduled in, so. Yeah. <laughs> I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, so where can we follow you and your work, Justin?
2: Uh, yeah, so easily is com, or you can email me, justinsloanauthor at gmail.com. Um, Twitter is more confusing because I put my middle initial in there. So it's at Justin M. Sloan. Uh, Facebook is also Justin Sloan author. So facebook.com slash Justin Sloan author. Any of those happy to chat. Uh, I usually try to get back to people. I used to be really good at getting back to people. I still, like I said, try, but it's gotten to the point where finally I'm so overwhelmed that it's hard to remember to sometimes. So mm-hmm. feel free to, uh, if I ignore somebody, just ping me again. Cause I probably didn't mean to
0: ignore you yeah and check out justin's uh, podcast the creative writing career podcast it's really good i've listened to it for about well, about two years actually uh, since we last spoke awesome um, thanks yeah it's been going on for
2: something like that probably i started no maybe like a year and a half yeah because i think i started in uh october wait oh my god is this may already yeah <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so a little over almost two years wow yeah
0: crazy uh, so yeah so um, a quick thanks to Disaster Feats for the intro and outro music ACAS for hosting the podcast the listeners for listening our patrons are over at patreon.com and thanks to Dan my co-host for being here because he without you I'd be alone um, and thank you again to Justin Sloan thanks so much thank, thank you Dan. guys for me. we
1: hope you enjoyed this episode of the Story Studio Podcast still hungering for some podcast goodness then why not check out our other show The Other Stories oh and did you know, every time you leave us a review in the iTunes store, a puppy is born. Cute eh? Anyway, toodle pip.